Welcome to the Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. All right. Well, today we're going to continue actually our last service in the in our Kings series. We've been going through the kings of Israel and Judah and and God's been speaking. Has he been speaking to your life uh, through this? And today I have the privilege to introduce somebody you already know who's no stranger to the dwelling, but it is his first time speaking this morning. Dane Rada and uh, Dane and Christy, before I get him up here, Dane and Christy have been with us. How long have you guys been here? Probably a little over a year. Um, they came through Welcome Home, and they did the whole deal, and they didn't share much information about themselves, and they had been here about two months, and I rem- I'll never forget this. This is one of the highlights of my ministry career, if you want to say it like that, honestly. It really is. Dane walked up to me about three rows from the back, back there after service one day, and he said, I haven't been totally honest with you, and you don't want to hear that as a pastor sometimes, you know? <laughs> But he said, um, we've been here two months, and um, this is the most refreshing time of my ministry. He said, I'm a pastor. And I had no idea. And, um, and just to be a place where people can come, get, get loved on, they've been in ministry. And we've been that place for yeah. a lot of people. And we're just like, great, you're healed. Get up and go. Just do it for Jesus. But we're not letting you leave. you got to stay. So y'all welcome up Dane as he shares the word for, with us today. Love, love, love Dane and Christy. He's going to take his time. <laughs> He's modeling the mug that, we, that you'll get in, a, in your bag. We don't have bottles of water. No, no, no. Jason brought me this. There you go. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. Right? All right. All right. So um, I haven't done this in a while. And uh, last church I was at was mainly people older than me and Christy. So youth is frightening to those of us that aren't young anymore. Um, one of this, Christy and I did youth ministry for like 20 years. And the scariest people to talk to are teenagers. Terrifying. So, Gunnar asked me to speak today, and uh, I said, sure. What uh, would you want me to speak on? Do you have something in mind, or you just want me to? He's like, no, no, King of Kings. I said, okay. Do you have a particular scripture reference you want or anything? He's like, you know, King of Kings. I said, okay. So, you know, I don't know how much study anybody in here has ever done for that, but King of Kings, studying that is like a monastic endeavor, right? You need to hole up somewhere and take the rest of your life to study that. So you get a week's worth. Um, but it, So I'm going to talk about King of Kings today. Um, but in my study and in my prayer time, it kind of took a little bit of a different turn. Um, I'm going to talk about King of Kings, and I'm going to talk about authority, and I'm going to talk about Christ's authority, and then I'm going to talk about how we fit into that and what authority we actually have, which is kind of a, 
it hurts. But anyway, we'll get to all that. We're going to start with three scriptures this morning. Uh, first one, oh, I got them marked, but I got to get there. I like using my Bible. I like technology, and I like being able to pull it up on my phone or, or whatever. Um, but I also like just opening the, the Word. So anyway, first one is John 1, 1 through 3. Also, age. Age here. Yeah, right? I, want, I don't want Trey to, I don't want Trey to feel bad, so I'll put my glasses on. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. All right, now Matthew 1, 18 to 23. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's beautiful, right? It's beautiful, this baby Jesus that we love to, to, to think about so much this time of year. It's gorgeous. All right, Revelation chapter 19. So I have a friend named Mia, and Mia, if you're watching this, please don't stop watching. Anytime you start talking about Revelation, Mia's gone. She will just leave. She's gone, man. She's like, that terrifies me. She's out. Revelation 19, verses 11 through 16. I stopped at 16 because I know we have kids in here because it gets a little crazy after 16. All right, then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except him. <clears throat> Excuse me. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest pure white linen followed him on white horses. And from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. And on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So, so now, as I was studying and I, I put these three passages together to remind us of who we're celebrating this season, to remind us who Jesus is, right? Yeah, Jesus came as a baby, as an infant, was in a manger, whatever a manger looks like, 
And there's times where we forget about who Jesus really is during this time. Cute baby Jesus. Let's wrap up some cute presents. Let's be cute, right? But we forget. We forget. Jesus came to us as a newborn, but Jesus was no different as that newborn than he is coming on that, that white horse. He's no different. So the, the birth of Christ, the birth of Christ is the most, both physical and spiritual, the most universe-changing event since creation. Right? Here comes Jesus, this little baby, and wrecked everything. Right? Nothing was the same. It's the Genesis moment of what I think is the most universal, spiritual, changing thing ever, and that's salvation. The birth of Christ is the Genesis moment of our salvation. So here's Christ, this child, Savior of all mankind, Son of God, all creative authority, right? We read about that in, in, uh, in John, right? All creative authority, all salvific authority, all eternal authority, all physical authority, all spiritual authority, all authority, right? This baby's the same Christ that's coming again with fire in his eyes and a sword in his mouth and crowns on his head, wearing a robe dipped in blood, releasing the wrath of God, faithful and true king of kings, and Lord of Lords. And when we think of Christmas with this in mind, it kind of changes it a little bit. Yeah. Right? There's a gravity to Christmas that we don't often consider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not one of these people that, that does a, um, like a slow intro, right? I'm not good at that. I'm not good at segues. I'm not good at slow intros. I'm really not good with, with um, stuff that has no depth right? It's, a, it's, a, it's something I have to work on. If there's something that has no depth, I, I, I tend to turn it off. Um, sometimes to my detriment, because it'll start out that way, but then it gets really good, you know? And Christy has told me that before, and I was like, no, I'm not even doing it. I'm doing it like a child, right? And she's like, if you just wait, I'm like, waiting, waiting for sissies. I ain't waiting. I'm moving on. So there's a gravity to Christmas. There's a necessity to Christmas, right? There's an inherent worship in remembering who Jesus is. Not just celebrating a baby, but remembering who Jesus is, right? The catalyst for all of creation. Our salvation and the one who's coming again to wage war on the enemy and all those with the enemy. This baby grew up, brought a ministry that was beautiful. Beautiful. But it upset some folks, right? This baby came to actually right some wrongs that the religious leaders had put in place. And it upset some folks. And so this beautiful ministry kind of resulted in assassination attempts, right? Poverty, homelessness, beatings, and death. Not trying to be a downer, just going through the whole thing. So here's Jesus. He comes as this baby, and he, as a, an infant, is the king of freedom. Yeah. 
the songs that were sung today were so on point. And I just love how Jesus does that. I love it. So anyway, these songs were amazing, and I wish we could have just kept singing. And Okay, side note, worship team. That transition between the second song and the third song? What? Oh, my gosh, man. That was ridiculous. You almost needed a pause, right? You hear the transition, all right, just stop. Let that sink in for a minute. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, Christ, the creation catalyst, one that holds all creation together, king of freedom. So it's easy to say things like that, king of freedom. Jesus brings freedom, right? That's, that's what people want to hear. Well, I've done some prison ministry in maximum security prisons. And um, one day, I was in there with about 36, 35, 36 inmates, um, ranging from uh, people who, who were doing 20 years because they had like three, three joints to people with, now I'm not teaching socially. I'm not a social, just, you will never hear me ever hear me teach for or against social issues from the pulpit. I know that people get kind of sideways about that on either side, but if you preach this, you don't have to preach against or for social issues, right? So anyway, that was for free. So it was in this, uh, in this prison, and I mean, there were murderers and rapists. There were other things in there that I'm not going to mention, um, and we were ministering to these men. And um, some were scary, some weren't scary, and the ones that weren't scary were probably the most scary, if you know what I mean. So there was a moment where we were all worshiping. And so I'm in here with these guys, and, and I'll tell you, the things that Jesus does in, in places like that in a matter of hours would take years out here, years. So all 30, some of these guys got their hands in the air. They're crying. They're singing. And Jesus was affecting me so strongly that I begged him to stop. I literally begged out loud for Jesus to leave me alone. I'm serious. I mean, it was so heavy. It was too much. It was too much to bear. And I did. I was like, Jesus, leave me alone. And one of the guys on the team with me put his arm around me, and he's like, pour it on, Jesus. And, you know, and I was like, man, get, and I told him, I was like, get off me, man. You don't know what I'm going through right now, you know? <laughs> but what I saw there was the king of freedom. Not freedom from prison, not freedom from your circumstance, not freedom from debt, not freedom from homelessness, not freedom from poverty, not freedom from any of that right? Jesus is the king of freedom right where you are. And I had never seen anything like that in my life. Of course, we've heard it a million times. We've said it a million times, but to experience it. And I, and let's be honest, I wasn't experiencing that. I was leaving, right? I was leaving at eight o'clock that night. Um, those guys were, were never leaving. So to see them experience that freedom, the king of Kings, right? Uh, I cry when I preach, so just bear with me. Um, to see the king of kings, the king of freedom, touch a, a I don't know, touch a, a place in these people's souls and in their spirits. 
that regardless of what you think about what they've done, regardless of any judgment on them, um, they've already been judged literally, so that's not our job. Um, but God touched a place in them that showed them freedom in a place that cannot be taken from them, right? That's what the King of Kings does. This same Christ that touched that spot in these, these guys and brought them this freedom. I, I want to say this piece of freedom, but man, it was more than that. I'm not sure how to express it. Anyway, we're just going to say this freedom. He brought them this freedom. This is the same king of kings, the same king of kings that brings freedom over my circumstances, yeah. right? It brings freedom over everything and everyone. It brings freedom over my being content in my station, okay? The king of freedom over my marriage and my relationships. The king of freedom over my children, over my parents. The same king that made it so that there's no more Jew or Gentile, meaning we all have access to God. This same king of freedom that made it no more male or female, meaning there's no patriarchy versus matriarchy in the kingdom of God. This same king of freedom that said there's no slave or free anymore, meaning there's no caste system in the kingdom of God. The enemy hates that, right? And he likes to take our focus off of that. But then we come in a place like this. And, and we sing these songs about who Jesus is and the freedom that Jesus brings and the authority that Jesus has over these areas in our life. And, and my, my, my hope is, I'm not used to this either. My hope is that, um, that we don't sing these few songs and leave and then that's that, you know? My hope is that this stuff sinks into us, right? That you guys, that the caliber, the caliber of, of, I don't know, one time Gunner's like, I don't like calling them sermons. I like calling them messages. He said, that way you can't find as much wrong with them. So, <laughs> but the, the caliber of message bringers that we have in here is, is not to be ignored, right? The word that gets preached from up here, we have to let it sink in. And the way you do that is when you leave here, write down the scriptures, that Gunner talks about or whoever speaking, Stefan or whoever, and, and go back through the live stream, dig in to what they're talking about. If we just sit here and we just listen for 20 minutes and, and go on about our week, there's, there's nothing happening. But you sit down and you dig into what they're talking about. And then all of a sudden you got questions and then you're studying and then you're coming to, to the pastor and you're asking them questions and you're reaching out to your friends and you're asking them questions. You're going to community group with questions. And you find out that everybody else in the community group has the same questions. Yeah. It's growth. It's depth. Yeah. You know, I know Ashley got up here and talked about why we like to use numbers. Um, and I respect that. I hate numbers um, when it comes to congregational things. Um, but what you see is a depth, right? You, we're not concerned. I say we like I'm part of this, but I'm not. I'm just saying we. So we like... We love to see people and we love to talk to people and we love to hug people and we love to love on people. Depth is where it's at though. 
right? Depth is what depth is what fills the seats. I'm going to soapbox in a minute. Programs don't fill seats. Right? Serving in different areas of the church doesn't really fill seats. Committees don't fill seats. Um, being clever doesn't fill seats. In fact, it does the opposite. It might fill them for like a week or so, but after that, man... It's nothing. It's empty, right? All you're doing at that point is just sending, sending people out into a world that's trying to kill them with no defenses. Right. So anyway, that has nothing to do with this. So, so listen, this Christmas season, right? Jesus, King of Kings, he's worth our minds. He's worth our attention. This King of Kings, he's worth more than decorations and gift giving. He is worth taking the time to teach your little ones. If you have children, he's worth taking the time to teach your little ones what Christmas is about. Yeah, we can have fun and we can do the gifts and it's all fun. And that's great, right? Family should be making memories and having fun doing all that. But don't let the truth get lost in there. Don't feel awkward speaking the truth to your children. Also, don't be a jerk when you speak the truth to your children. Okay? Don't be a jerk, man. Yeah. Who in here likes to be talked to by a jerk? No one. No one. What'd you say? All right, man. I'm Chuck's neighbor. I, st I stay in his business. But be kind. You know, Gunner said you're going to be sitting across the table from somebody you might not like this season. Listen, <laughs> I fail at this all the time, okay? But be kind. Don't be a jerk. Don't be Dane. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get back on track here. So here's the king. Thanks, buddy. Here's the king that ushered in, ushered in the defeat of sin, grave, and the enemy. This baby, this baby. All authority was in this baby. And he's worthy. He's worthy. Now I want to move to Christ's authority and what that looks like to us. Where do we fall inside of that? Right? Man, words of God are great, but if they're not practical, you know, anyway, that's another soapbox. Um, so Jesus gave us authority. But what's that look like to us? How do we operate in that? What of that authority is ours? So John 15 tells us that Jesus is the vine, the true vine, and we're the branches that grow out of the vine. And that apart from him, we can do nothing. So what does that mean? It means apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. It means you don't have any authority on your own in the, in the kingdom of God. Now, I know people in, here, in this room have authority in their jobs. It's not the same. Your authority in your job is your authority in your job. Your authority in the kingdom of God you have none. It only comes from Jesus. Only. Whatever authority you think you have in the kingdom of God should be checked time and time again. Right? Time and time again. 
Gunner has no authority in the kingdom of God that's not given to him by Jesus Christ. And if you've watched him serve, this man who has authority over this house, because Jesus says so, will sweep up, will blow leaves. Because how do you express your authority in the kingdom of God? Servanthood. If you think, if you have a ministry and your ministry has self-promotion in it, it's wrong. It's wrong. Now your job can have that, right? Yeah, that's my job. If your job's your ministry, you have to promote that ministry without promoting you. Because the ministry doesn't depend on you. It depends on Jesus. That was a little wrong. That was a little hard. I'm sorry if that came across wrong. Um, yeah. But, I mean, suffice it to say, we don't have any authority on our own. It's only from Christ. If you're the vine and you get cut off, if you're the branch, you get cut off from that vine, you wither, you die. Right? We don't have any authority of our own. Authority in the kingdom of God looks like servanthood because it is servanthood. And if you think you have a station in the kingdom of God that grants you exception from that, well, I've already done it, right? You're wrong. It doesn't. Authority in the kingdom, is, it's not something to be sought after. When we seek after authority, what does that lead to? Pride. It leads to pride. This is one of the arguments I have with people about homosexuality, and I'm not getting into that, so just calm down. But people will say, well, homosexuality, the Bible says that's an abomination of God. I was like, you know what else the Bible says is an abomination of God? Your pride. Your pride is an abomination to God. When you seek after authority in the kingdom of God, when you seek after position in the kingdom of God, that leads to pride. And pride turns God's stomach. There's, there's so much to this daggone King of Kings thing, Gunner. I, I, I would love for people to have conversations about this with each other. Start talking to each other about it. If you feel like you're slipping up, reach out to somebody. Reach out to somebody you trust. Yeah, reach out to somebody you trust. That's, you got to be careful with that. Now, Luke 10, 17 to 20. I didn't tell you to put this one up there, so it's fine. I'm just going to summarize it. Jesus sends out a bunch of folks, tells them, you know, go heal the sick, cast out devils, do the stuff. I give you the authority, go do it. So they come back and they're like, man, Jesus, should have seen it. The demons obeyed us. And Jesus said, hey, 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 I saw Satan fall from heaven. Okay. Don't be excited that the demons listen to you. Be excited that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So when Jesus said that, that was a quote from Deuteronomy. That was a quote, oh, 31, I think, hold on. Yeah, 32. That was a quote from Deuteronomy 32. And it says the same thing. Basically, it says, hey, don't let me get so caught up in my own stuff. Right, that my name is no longer in the book that God is recording. Yeah. So when we, when we see people healed because we're praying for them, 
when we see people delivered, don't celebrate the fact that you were involved in that. Right? I don't want to burst our bubbles, but it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Jesus. We talk about time and time again, there's power in prayer. There's, there's, there's not power in my prayer. There's power in the one to whom I pray. Right? It matters how we say things. It matters how we think about these things. It's so easy to get the little God syndrome, right? That my prayers have power, man. You should see it. You should come out with me Saturday. We're going to pray for people. They're going to get healed because, you know, I'm good at this. Wow. It's easy to get it. it. All it takes is just a little slip. And that, my friends, is where community comes in. Right? If I'm messing up or I'm doing something like that, I fully expect Matt Iannato to, to call me, pull me aside. I expect Chuck, grab me. Trey, grab me. Dane, uh, I'm not so sure this is right. Yeah. Or however you want to say it. You know, be you, right? <laughs> but I can take it. I'm a big boy. So, but that's, we need that in our lives. We shouldn't run from that. Yeah. We need that. This king of kings, King of Kings in John 15 tells us we're the true vine, or he's the true vine, we're the branches. He also tells us that we're his friends if we do what he commands. Yeah. He doesn't say we're his friends and we can do whatever we want. Yeah. If we're his friends, we can do whatever we want, then we have our own authority. We operate in our own authority. If we're his friends because we do what he commands, we operate under his authority. Yeah. And the reason I really brought a lot of this up is because I, I see, not here, please don't hear what I'm not saying. How about if I say I have seen? I have seen people operate in their ministries almost autonomously, right? Um, people think they're the kings and the queens of their own existence and life and work in the kingdom. And we are not. We are not. We are as helpless as babies. Yeah, we're smart. Some of us got big, big brains. Some of us are super athletic. Some of us are really talented. But we're helpless babies without Christ. And whenever we try to build ourselves up to look like we're not helpless babies, it's because we start to recognize we're helpless. And instead of turning to Christ, we turn inwardly. Inwardly or inward? Inward. Inward. It's important. Get words right. It's important. So I want to end just by saying, and I'm not good at ending either. Um, remember who Jesus is this season. This baby that came was full, full of all authority. All authority. Would give us, would bring us our salvation. Will return again. Right? I mean, it can't be overstated. And when you're doing kingdom things, which I hope you're always doing, or always operating in such a manner, when you're doing kingdom things, remember, it's, it's, not, it's not you. And, and how much pressure does that take off of you? Right? How much breath does that return to your soul, knowing, okay, this isn't on me. Right? God called me to do this, which means God will equip me to do this, 
and God will give me exactly the, the tools I need to do this. He'll put the people in my life that I need to do this. I find that really freeing. You know, I don't have to fix people. What are we doing when we're trying to fix people? We're trying to make them more like me. Right? To fix you, you ought to be just like me. Because I'm looking at you from my eyes, not Christ's eyes. And Christ says, leave them alone. I got them. Anyway, also a whole other thing. Um, I'm just going to close this, which will let me know I'm done. Um, but yeah, remember, Jesus has all authority. Thanks, Tim. Um, he has all authority in your life. He has all authority over this season. He has all authority in your celebrations this year. And he loves you like crazy. Like crazy. Right? What's that song, Reck Reckless Love? Is that the name of it? I'm also not good with song names. Um, there are people that don't like that song because it says God's love is reckless. Well, when you look at how God loves us, that's not logical. It doesn't make sense, man. It is reckless to, to us. To God, it makes perfect sense. To us, that's reckless loving. So let's walk in this authority that Jesus gave us. Part of that is loving each other. Love isn't always convenient. Sometimes it hurts. But we're called to love each other. And we can't do that unless we're operating under the authority Christ gave us. I know that the majority of you in here can't love me without Jesus. I know it. It's a known fact, right? I'm okay with that. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. I hope Jesus is okay with that. Listen, I, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to be I'm going to disguise my crime by taking a drink. I'm so thankful to be a part of this. This doesn't happen everywhere. The dwelling isn't every, every church congregation. This isn't everywhere. Anytime you can fill a space with people in their 20s and 30s that love Jesus, that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. And I'm so glad to be a part of this. I'm so glad that um, well, I'm so glad that you love us, you know, right? And you have some great pastors here and they're willing to just stand there and listen to you or hug you and not say anything. How many, how, how many times do we need that, right? I don't want you to say anything, man. Just listen to what I got to say. I might even walk away when I'm done saying it, but they're okay with that. You don't find that everywhere. Anyway, I love you all. Thank you so much. Can I have the community leaders come up if you're here? Sorry, this past semester's community leaders. Since we're being, you know, you knew what I meant. Turkeys. Yeah, I called you a turkey. Yeah, yeah. 
I know, I went way over, didn't I, Gunner? It's the last one for the year, man. I'm not even done yet, hold on. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Gunner wanted to make some space for some people that might need prayer today, um, which we always wanna do. So if you need prayer today, Gunner, you want this? You have some specific things? So, uh, yeah, segue. Can you thank Dane? We needed to hear that. It's a good word. I, I, every time I talk to Dane, if you, you're going to hear about Jesus in the conversation at some point. And um, I knew I was going to hear the word salvific at least once. It's just theological term he pulls out every once in a while. So thankful for that, for that word. Um, let's walk that out this Christmas. Um, some of you have already texted me about some of the words for healing. That Hey, that's me. Come get prayer. doesn't matter who prays for you because we have authority in Christ like we talked about this morning. So let's all stand to our feet. If you have any of those things or anything else, you need somebody to just shoulder a burden in prayer with you. Come on up and receive prayer when we dismiss. Father, thank you for what you've done by sending your son, Jesus. We thank you that we have salvation. We thank you that we have purpose. We thank you that we have identity. And we thank you for that authority. That authority to walk in freedom because you are the king of freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. See you the second week of January. Hot chocolate bar in the lobby. Grab you some on the way out. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.